More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in Thursday edition, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Want to encourage all of you to go subscribe to the podcast. You can search out our names, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton. You can go give us five stars. Make sure you don't miss a single moment of the show, 15 hours a week. We know everybody's busy running around. You may miss an interview, you may miss a segment that you really want to hear. So go subscribe to the podcast. You can scroll through, grab whatever you like. We appreciate all of you who are listening all over the country. I was in Houston at our affiliate last uh, week. It was amazing. Fantastic time there. Buck, you right now are up in Milwaukee. we got a big audience in Milwaukee, people uh, supporting the show. We appreciate everybody. WISN, um, very hospitable here. But we got Congressman Jim Jordan. Let's get to him. Right, Jim, <laughs> on the line with us right now. Uh, Jim, we got to make sure we uh, make everybody happy here. We're on all over the place, and so uh, hopefully you can make everybody oh, happy great. by uh, by letting us know. It seems like the Democrats had two roads they could take, Jim, after the ass-kicking they yeah. got on Tuesday. Yeah. They could uh, <laughs> they could go back to moderation and try to be somewhat reasonable, yeah. or they could double yeah. and triple down on the area insanity, and it seems like they have decided to double and triple down on the insanity, the budget they're trying to get yeah. done. I, I want to get the update from you on the House schedule as it pertains to the infrastructure and the Bernie budget bill. And then also simultaneously, we've got the decision now, the vaccine mandate has officially been announced just two days afterwards. All crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, they're they're going to take the latter path. They're going to double, triple down, as you you said. I mean, there's a reason why, though, (laughs) that that to me is amazing because what what was the polling like a week ago? 71% of the country, uh, 71% of our fellow citizens think the country's on the wrong track. Yeah, and I, I, my, my takeaway from that is, who are the 29% who actually <laughs> thinks there's anything going right? And yet Democrats are going to do just what you said. They're going to continue to pass this crazy thing. Let's hope they don't. And, and here's the good news. Remember, uh, there's been four occasions where the Speaker of the House has said that they were going to pass it. They were yes. going to do it. It was going to, the big thing was going to happen. And all four times they haven't done So she's over four. Twice she has summoned the President of the United States to Capitol Hill to close the deal. He's over two. So let's hope this week is 0 for 7. I mean, the six times they've been, they haven't got it done. Let's hope this week is 0 for 7, and this doesn't happen because it is not good for the country in any way whatsoever. 
Congressman, it's Buck. Thanks for being with us as always. I, I want to know what it, it's important that we, to some degree, understand what's in this, just insofar as the Democrats now seem to be, as a party, largely pinning their hopes on, well, this will pass and it will have put aside for a second whether it's good for the country. I think you, me, Clay, people listening all agree mm-hmm. it's not going to be good for the country. It's going to make inflation right. much worse. But what are the things, what are the payoff mechanisms, if you will, that are in this bill? If Pelosi could get it through, if Schumer could shoehorn this thing through and and into law, what would it actually give the Democrats that makes them feel like it's a turnaround moment? Is it, you know, who's getting the payoff, Jim? Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone, I mean, certainly it's going to reward big government, you know, all the big government employees who tend to vote Democrats. It's certainly going to reward them. But I don't see it helping on the inflation problem. It's not certainly going to help on the border problem. It's going to actually exacerbate that because this thing does a roundabout way of giving amnesty to 8 to 10 million people who came into our country illegally. So it's not going to help that problem. It's not going to help the crime problem uh, that we've seen. So I don't know who it's going to help other than they they're so far down this road. I don't I feel like they believe they can't turn back. And they got to pass something. So that's I think I think that's sort of in and of itself what's what's pushing this thing forward. But it's bad, bad economic policy, bad energy policy. Remember last week we had this spectacle of of in a hearing, a Democrat member of Congress telling the the four big oil and gas companies in this country, will you pledge? Will you promise to decrease production? And I'm like, are you kidding me? You're, You're asking American companies to decrease production at the same time the president of the United States is begging OPEC. To increase production, and I, I posed the question to him, I said, what do you want, $8 gas? I mean, th- this is crazy. So nothing's going to benefit the American people and the American family, but um, I think it's just like the Democrats are sort of like, oh, well, we finally got something done. Let's hope it helps us, but it, it's not going to help the country. Jim, also, in addition to all the other news that's coming down, we've got Russia collusion officially going up in smoke in a massive way. It's not yep. going to get a lot yeah. of attention, but you fought against all of this crazy conspiracy talk for years. The Durham investigation has now arrested the person who was most responsible as a source for the Steele dossier. Yeah. What does yeah. this tell us, and how vindicated do you personally, who was one of the most ardent defenders of Donald Trump for all of this Russia collusion madness, feel as these indictments are coming well, down and these arrests are happening? Yeah, I already feel that all of us who, who who fought this and said this was baloney, I already feel we've all been vindicated. Certainly one has been most vindicated is President Trump. But the, the idea that they've now arrested this individual, they interviewed him back in 2017, and he lied to the FBI then. So why wait, thinking, four years to arrest this guy? I mean, look at what they did to Michael Flynn when, when the FBI, when they interviewed him, didn't think he lied to them, but they charged him with that nonetheless. So th- this is how... I, Comey knew, the FBI knew, and we, we got this from the deposition, they knew clear back in 2017 when Comey was fired and then we, uh, we uh, deposed him in the, in the Judiciary Committee, he told us that up until the time he was fired, they still didn't know if they had anything because they didn't. And they knew that the Steele dossier was false, frankly, when they took it to the, when they took it to the FISA court to, to start the whole darn investigation. So this just confirms all that. And now that they've been actually arrested this guy, coupled with the Zussman indictment, I think that is huge news, but it's, it, it confirms what we all suspect and what I think we already all kind of knew. We're speaking to Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio. Congressman, vaccine mandate from OSHA is supposed to go into effect January 4th in terms of the enforcement, right? At that stage, yeah. anyone yeah. Uh, who does, has more than 100 employees either has to get the weekly testing or get the shot or face, I believe, a $14,000 a an individual employee uh, fine penalty. So I just have to know, I mean, you're a member of Congress. Doesn't it kind of feel like if OSHA can just decide stuff like this, 
Why do we even have a Congress, right? Why not just have the unelected fourth branch of government, the federal bureaucracy, make all the decisions for us? I mean, what's your opinion on the constitutionality of this move? Right. Well, I mean, uh, to your point, because so many of those guys who work at OSHA actually put their name on the ballot and ran for office, right? I mean, this is you're so right, Buck. This is this bugs me probably more than anything. When did Dr. Fauci ever run for office? When did General Milley put his name on a ballot and go go out and talk to we the people and, and run for office and actually get elected to a constitutional office? I mean, this is the part that drives us all crazy. So this is – it's unbelievable. And I would ask the question to some of these people, is, is, is having more nurses in the hospital good for America or bad for America? Is having more truck drivers good for our supply chain problems or bad for our supply chain problems? So there's the liberty argument, but there's also just the practical – common sense argument like you want to make the supplies i was in california a few weeks ago i saw those those ships lined up in southern california you want to make that problem worse do this to trucking companies how many i I talked to an employer today in our district he has almost 600 employees he said over half a big trucking company he said over half his uh, truck drivers don't don't have the vaccine what the heck is he going to do and what does that mean for ohio and for 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 uh economic activity this is how stupid this stuff is and it's unconstitutional but this is the Biden administration. They just keep they just keep moving ahead with it. Jim, how much fun did you have watching the election results come in Tuesday? Where were you? Winning beats losing every time, Clay. You know that from sports. <laughs> I tell you, it's every single time winning is better than losing. And uh, now, when you lose, you learn from it and you come back. But I don't think the Democrats are going to get a lesson from it. I think they're just going to, as we talked at the start here, they're going to just keep going. So it was great to see that moms and dads win and government loses because that's what this thing came down to. I mean, the Merrick Kevin Garland Mer- hearing, that, that, that where he told us that the only evidence that he used to do the memo was the letter from the School Board Association to the President of the United States, and that letter was a bunch of baloney that they had to apologize for the very day after we had that hearing. Um, I think it says it all, because you try to get between moms and dads and their kids, uh, they're going to push back, and they did in a big way. Kevin McCarthy said he thought the House Republicans could pick up around 60 seats. Uh, in the uh, in the midterms, I don't. I'm assuming you saw that number, and there, there, you know, they're, they're, he was set the over yeah. under at 60. I mean, that's a big yeah. number. There is some support for it, by the way. And I'll share this data yeah. uh, with you that uh, that Axios shared, just based on the way that the line had swung. If Republicans were to outperform uh, the tr- Biden Trump margin by 10.8 points in New Jersey, they would pick up 44 seats. If they did what yeah. they did in Virginia, 12.3 points, they'd pick up 51 seats. How much of a yeah. red tide do you think we're looking at? I think we're moving in that direction in a big way. I love what Kevin said when he goes, uh, I-, I just want to say that any D plus 16 district, you're now in play. We're going mm-hmm. to be putting good kids. Yes. I thought that's, a, that's, again, sticking with a sports analogy. That, that's the way coaches talk. Like we're, gonna, we're coming after those too. So, yeah, I think it's moving in a, in a good way for the country, a good way for our party, uh, which I think are the same thing. So uh, I feel real good about the turns out Americans don't like all this garbage. Yeah, Congressman, to, to that point, I just want to know what you think else. the what is the template? People are talking about because Clay and I, obviously, this show is in all 50 states. I mean, people listening internationally on podcast, too, which is fun. All 50. <laughs> just throwing it out there. But all 50 states, we've got people listening. So we're talking a lot about Virginia, but we keep saying, no, Virginia is the laboratory. The experiment was run. Obviously, a huge yeah. win. And congrats to Youngkin and, and Winsome Sears and others. But what is the template as you see it? I mean, Republicans look to you. You're a guy who knows this game, knows how to win. How do they approach this so that we get that red tide going forward that Clay's talking about? Red wave. Treat, yeah, it's, in some ways it's as basic as treat people 
with with respect and, and, and common sense. Like they know what what Biden has done is a complete disaster. They appreciate people like President Trump who said he was going to do certain things and then got in office and actually did them. I mean, he said, he, I always say, you know, he, he did more of what he said he was going to do than any president I've ever seen. He said he's going to cut taxes, did, said he's going to reduce regulations, did. I mean, do what you told him you were going to do. That's the model that works. And Glenn Youngkin said, I'm going to stand up for families. I'm going to make sure your kids get a first-class education, not this racist, hate America stuff. So, so treat people with respect instead of everything being identity, politics, group, woke culture, all this BS. Treat people the way they want to be treated with respect. That, that's what wins. And, we, and understand, I think Joe Manchin said today, which is interesting. Joe Manchin said today, we're a center-right country. We're not a left-wing crazy country. We're a center-right country. We believe in conservative principles and values in the Constitution. And frankly, we also like the First Amendment. And what the left has done to the First Amendment over the last year is frightening. So that's, that's the other thing that is frustrating. And when you talk about those things, you can win. By the way, speaking of winning, uh, you're going to be winning on the bookshelf soon. Jim Jordan, do what you said you would do, fighting for freedom in the swamp. It will be out November the 23rd. Last little bit for you. How much did you love Rob Manford, speaking of woke culture, taking it on the chin, (laughs) having to give the Atlanta Braves the trophy, Congressman, uh, after he wouldn't allow him to host the All-Star game? Well, we saw your tweet when you said that the president was going to be there, right? and then we tweeted out about it, of course, as soon as the Braves won the, the NL uh, uh, championship series. So, yeah, it was great. I mean, sometimes poetic justice is just that. It's, it's exactly what's needed, and uh, I think the, the the country appreciated uh the Braves and sort of their, you know, what were they, below 500 at the end of, end of July, I think, or something? Yeah, crazy. that's right. So, um, they appreciate that, and I don't think back in July at the All-Star Game, anyone thought that uh, the World Series championship trophy was going to be handed to the Braves in, in, uh, uh, at the end of the year. So that was great. It's the way, the way it works out. It's funny how the good Lord works. Congressman, thanks so much. Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio, everybody. We appreciate it, sir. Thank you. Thanks. Take care, guys. You know, we Thank love you. pets on this program. I mean, just like your family, we want the best for our pets. I had Tallulah for the last week. I uh, was in charge of her. And let me tell you, she's just a delight all the time. But one thing that's great is I add a little bit of rough greens into her food. She's a little picky about food, too. We actually take a little grilled chicken and mix it in with her food. But then I put a little rough greens on top of it. Oh, she loves it. Rough greens is what you add into your dog's food to give it that stuff that it's not going to get otherwise. R-U-F-F. That's how you spell it. Rough greens. It gives all the probiotics, enzymes, vitamins, omega oils, antioxidants, and healthy microbacteria your dog needs. That's just not going to be in there with dry kibble. It's just not. It's important to your dog's digestive system in particular. You really want to keep that healthy and functioning well. We all know Rough Greens is not dog food. It's a healthy supplement that you just add in. You just put a little bit into your dog's food. You're good to go. What you'll get is a happier and healthier dog, just like Tallulah the Frenchie, who's a little fancy, but she loves the Rough Greens. The folks at Rough Greens are so confident your dog is going to love it, too. They've got a special deal for you. Go to roughgreens.com slash EIB. You all know EIB. R-U-F-F, roughgreens.com slash E-I-B. They're going to give you the first bag free. All you pay is shipping. That's roughgreens.com slash E-I-B, roughgreens.com slash E-I-B. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. 
This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show, everybody. Thank you for being with us. If you missed any part of the show, always go back, please, if you'd like, and listen to the podcast broken down hour by hour, available on the iHeart app, on uh, the Apple Podcast Store, and it's a great way to, to catch up if you miss something we're listening on one of our wonderful affiliates across the country. Uh, we did have Clay just mentioned a few moments ago, I want to come back to it, uh, the special counsel, John Durham. This has been dragging on for a long time. Everybody that I know, and I do know some former and current federal prosecutors, have told me this guy Durham is dogged. He is not partisan, but he moves methodically. He moves at the pace of the investigation, will not speed anything up or slow anything down based upon political considerations. Now, that is frustrating for those of us who would have liked greater accountability, particularly while Donald Trump was still in office. The vindication of the former president for the massive Russia collusion lie that I have to remind everybody was somewhat effective insofar as they got a special counsel. I knew people who worked in that White House who were worried about going bankrupt from having to hire lawyers. I knew people who were freaked out about trying to about possibly getting ensnared by the clearly partisan prosecutors of the Mueller investigation. So it did manage to slow down and hamstring that White House in really uh, profound ways, which is just 
outrageous. It was an attempted soft coup, really, of the government, trying to get rid of a president that they lost an election to. They wanted to beat him with a special counsel. This is what Democrats do. Well, John Durham was appointed, and he's now arrested Igor Danchenko, Russian-born analyst living in the U.S., facing five counts of lying to FBI agents about his work uh, on the Steele dossier. Yeah, this is 1001, something that I came across when I was at the NYPD Intelligence Division. You get a lot of people in high-profile federal investigations. They get jammed up on this one. Up to five years per count. There can even be enhancements, but five years is the standard that you can get here. And this guy, Clay, basically was the original provider of the lies to Steele that were then laundered by Christopher Steele, who was paid by the Perkins Co. Uh, law firm, Coe law firm that Hillary's campaign had hired to do this oppo research and pretend like it was real. This is the guy at the beginning of it. He's a liar and a fabricator and is now facing prison time. By Durham in general, the frustrating thing, I think, that's going to drive everybody crazy here is this story's going to get buried. The whole Durham investigation, everything that he brings charges, unless potentially Hunter Biden ends up a part of the investigation, unless that ends up happening, it's all going to get buried. And we're going to totally end up with this huge percentage of the country that but still believes, even now, in the Russia collusion lie. They're never going to become aware of what these stories actually are, because many in the media are just going to ignore it. And the fact that the entire still dossier was a manufactured lies. I mean, Buck, the most frustrating thing about this to me is everyone should understand, even at its inception, the idea that the limited amount, for instance, of Facebook ads that Russia was buying, whether agreed that there shouldn't be foreign companies investing in any kind of way in our campaigns. But we're talking about a pinprick of the money that was actually spent. The idea that this swung the election in any way, it is gratifying, I think, and we just talked about this with Jim Jordan, for those of us who spent a lot of time arguing that the Russia collusion mess was all that a lie, to see someone charged for the lies. But what's more frustrating, I think, Buck, is it's just going to get buried out there with everything else. I think the media doesn't even care that they lied. I think they think that they were serving their audience by slandering the former president. Mostly, that was the plan. We'll come back to this. Also, the Rittenhouse trial. I want to talk to Clay about it. Look, there are a lot of investments you can make out there. Stock market and IRA. More and more of us, though, are making an investment in gold now because we see it as a form of protection. We want to protect the value of our savings account, the value of our IRA account. Gold does that because it holds value, particularly in your inflation market, things we're seeing right now. I rely on my friends at the Oxford Gold Group. I bought gold from them. They had it delivered right to my home. And having gold actually in your hands, I mean real physical gold, is a unique sensation. You know that it holds long-term value. And buying gold is not complicated. My friends at the Oxford Gold Group are who you should call. They will explain everything to you. So give the Oxford Gold Group a call today to have real gold delivered to you. 833-404-GOLD. That number, the Oxford Gold Group, is 833-404-GOLD. Learn how you can have real gold in your IRA and delivered to your door. is on the march push back with eib 24 7 you get full 24 7 access to the clay travis and buck sexton show plus the massive rush limbaugh show archives it's a conservative encyclopedia at your fingertips become an eib 24 7 vip today at clayandbuck.com 
inspired by Rush. Welcome back in. I'm Clay Travis. He's Buck Sexton. And Buck is in Milwaukee right now and not far away from Kenosha, Wisconsin, where the Kyle Rittenhouse trial has begun surrounding the Kenosha, Wisconsin riots. And I've been doing a lot of reading on this, Buck, because I like to know all the backstory as the trial takes place. So for people out there who may not have been aggressively following this story, the Kenosha riots were in the wake of the Jacob Blake incident. And for those of you who may have forgotten, Jacob Blake was shot. He was armed with a knife. There were no charges that were brought against the officers who shot him. Uh, and also, uh, he was uh, he was later subsequently charged, I believe, or had been charged with sexual assault before that. Um, and he was armed. And again, there were no charges brought against the police. But when the video came out, it immediately went viral And there were monster protests that erupted all over Kenosha, Wisconsin. Lots of looting, lots of burning. Uh, These were the mostly peaceful protests that CNN covered uh, with such aplomb during the uh, summer of riots in 2020. Kyle Rittenhouse was there. He went with a gun and he ended up shooting and killing, I believe, two people, Buck, and wounding another person. And so he has been charged with a crime. He was 17 years old. At the time that he uh, that he did this and uh, his defense is essentially self-defense. He is saying that uh, that he was uh, attacked, that his life, he felt like he was in uh, danger. And that is why he decided to fire the weapon that he had. And therefore, he is not responsible for any of the uh, allegations, any of the criminal charges that have been brought against him because his defense is is that he was acting in self-defense. Now, you're just 40 miles away from this trial, Buck, um, and this is me having done criminal law in the past. I try not to get involved in all of the external noise, and certainly there is a great deal of external noise here, and just look at the facts in the case, and ultimately this is going to come down to does the jury believe or not believe that Kyle Rittenhouse was in danger and and that he had a reason to be exercising self-defense. So he has a number of charges he's facing. First degree, recklessly endangering safety, use of a weapon, punishable by up to 12 and a half years. First degree, reckless homicide, use of a dangerous weapon. Uh, I mean, he's facing decades in prison for this, depending on how the jury finds. A few things to note on all this. Uh, one is that there's video. And a lot of us have seen the video of the second incident. There's actually additional footage that now has come forward from the federal government side uh, because they had some surveillance going on because this was a riot zone because BLM rioted. Now, that doesn't change the facts of the case one way or the other. It does set the scene, though, for what's going on. BLM rioted in Kenosha because they well, what I mean, what was accomplished by this other than people being attacked, stores being burned to the ground, people being terrified of their community. No, BLM makes everything worse for everyone that was the actual result of the riots and the the protests that undermined police but put that aside for a second the footage that we have the footage that we've seen certainly in the second instance clay to me as somebody who's had training in use of force who's actually had to carry guns for his job uh that is it's clear self-defense if you can be armed clear if you're and he's very visibly armed as an ar wasn't concealed carry situation if you're visibly armed and a mob can run up to you hit you with a skateboard, kick you in the head, and have a guy who actually runs up to you with a pistol in hand and you cannot use your rifle, 
then there's no such thing as self-defense. Then we've actually uh, neutered. We've taken away the ability of an individual to defend oneself in a lethal force situation. Not only based on what we've seen and the testimony so far, what I say that Kyle Rittenhouse should be found not guilty. I think that a more fair, less politicized prosecutor's office would have said this is not a case we should bring with the possible exception of what was this failure to comply with an emergency order from state or local government, which is punishable by a two hundred dollar fine. Yes, that he violated. He violated that. Okay, the two hundred dollar fine. He should have to pay it decades in prison for defending himself. Clay, it's very hard for me not to look at this and say this is part of. A plague that is going on across the country of politicized prosecution. People given the fearsome powers of the prosecutor's office using that as a weapon for political purposes. They want to make an example of this guy because no one's allowed to stand against the rioting BLM mob, Clay. No one's allowed to stand athwart this and say, I will defend myself with lethal force if necessary. If you attack me, this is wrong. I think there's a lot of politics behind this. I think there's politics, and and I think what's going to ultimately come down to is the jury is going to have to reconcile. And I'm talking about this not as you know an advocate of any particular side, just looking at it from the criminal court perspective. The jury is going to have to reconcile self-defense within the context of this is a kid who decided to arm himself with a rifle and go out into the streets when riots were going on. And I think there's a lot of people out there listening to us right now who would say, hey, if this were my 17-year-old kid, I would be like, heck no, you're not going to be out in the streets at all. This is, by the way, white, black, Asian, Hispanic. I wouldn't want my teenagers out anywhere near any of this incident, much less out-armed because of the danger that might ensue. So the jury is going to have to analyze, because what they're going to try to sell on the other side, the prosecutor, is this idea that he went out with a gun intending to find someone to shoot, right? That is well, the, what they the, are I, going to sell. That is what they're trying to, the prosecutors are trying to trying to convince people of that, Clay. I think the video evidence, the video yes. evidence makes that an incredibly hard, certainly in the second instance. Now, there's not clear video evidence of the first instance, right. but uh, in, in the same way, I should say. There is, yes. There's a lot of different evidence being brought to bear, b- but he was chased. I mean, right. if you chase if I if I have a if I have a visible sidearm, AR doesn't matter and someone chases me and, and wants to do violence to me, I'm not going to wait to see if they can knock me unconscious, take my weapon and use it against yeah, right. me. And that's my last day on Earth. If someone knows I have a gun and they want to do violence against me. I'm going to defend myself. And I would even say this goes. Yes, this is a basic right in, in our laws in this country. This goes back to English common law. This goes back to biblical law. Someone's coming at you. You have to. You have a basic human right to be able to defend yourself. And I, I, I don't I don't see how, you, you know, to your point, Clay, about going out there. That's a whole other discussion. And it's, it's a yeah. valid one, too, especially as you see some of what happens when people try to be. Uh, good Samaritans, you know, yes. there was the good there was and a the good jury Samar- is going to have that in their mind. I'm just trying to think about it from the jury perspective, who is being pitched two different sides of a story and has to make a determination about what they believe. You know, there was a, a shooting and it's actually a, a Andy. No, put this one out. And I remind everybody of this. It was um, back on August 20th. And they, the police have released the video because they're looking for an individual back on August 20th in Portland, where they've had a they've had a thousand shootings in Portland, Clay. And this comes after the it's BLM crazy. movements, right? So yes. we know what's happened to this country as a result. And Ken- Kenosha was one of the casualties of that. 
But you had somebody who intervened, a 30-year-old guy intervened, two teenage girls were beating each other up. The police have just released this video. A guy intervenes to separate them, and one of the male friends of these two teenage girls goes to his car, gets a sidearm, shoots dead the Good Samaritan right then and there. So this is the environment that we're operating in yes. now in this country. I mean, I you know, I know a lot of conservatives. You know, it's one thing we're saying to defend you. You're going to defend your own family. Of course, that's sacrosanct. You're always going to do that. You're going to get involved in someone else's situation. You're going to step in. I know that's the right instinct. I know that's the honorable thing. But in the in the situations in which people are finding themselves now, not only do you have to worry about your own safety, Clay, you have to worry. And this is what Kyle Rittenhouse is seeing, I believe. About the state deciding that you are the problem. You who step in to defend the weak, the defenseless, you are the problem. They want to make an example of you for reasons of politics. I'm, I'm worried. I don't know how this jury, you know, you never know how a jury's going to go. That's right. And the Rittenhouse situation is, is, is troubling, to say the least. And, and not only that, you, the jury, whether they acknowledge it or not, also may be thinking in the back of their mind, if we don't convict this guy, there may be riots. I mean, That's that right. certainly is a ever-present thought, I believe, in any juror's yeah. mind. Even Almost if like if you don't elect it. Joe Biden, there might be riots, too. Yeah. Sort of a similar it, thinking. It, no doubt. Uh, by the way, Mike Lindell is the inventor of my pillow, and his team has fit us for our own pillows and introduced us to their ever-growing list of incredible products. You can trust Mike Lindell to get you a great night's sleep. These pillows won't go flat. You can wash and dry them constantly, and most importantly, they're made in the USA. And right now, you are getting my pillows, yes, the ones that started it all, for the lowest price ever. You can get a standard my pillow for nineteen ninety eight. Originally, they're almost seventy bucks. That's a fifty dollar savings with the promo code Clay and Buck. The King Pillow only ten bucks more. What else you got for us, Buck? All you have to do is go to MyPillow.com, click on Radio Listener Specials, and enter promo code Clay and Buck. You write it out, Clay and Buck. Or call 800-792-3269. Again, that's 800-792-3269 for these great radio specials. Mike is also extending his money-back guarantee trial until March 1st of next year. So a, a fantastic time to get my pillow stuff. Right leading in, you know, get your holiday shopping done early this year, folks. You know, get some great my pillow gear. Get those weighted blankets, the Giza Dream sheets. I miss them. I'm on the road right now. I don't have my my pillow, and I wish I could carry it with me on the on the plane. But people might think I was kind of a strange fellow. Uh, there are travel pillows, however. Go to mypillow.com right now. Click on the radio listener specials. Enter that promo code Clay and Buck. You'll get amazing deals. Mypillow.com. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time... 
with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my from this idea of, what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Actually, it's pronounced Miliwake, which is Algonquin for the good land. <laughs> Miliwake, that's where I am right now, team. Thanks to WISN for uh, having me here, treating me so well. One of our wonderful affiliates all across the country. And that's obviously Alice Cooper and Wayne's World, an iconic movie and maybe... The most the most famous line I've ever heard about Milwaukee, which means the good land. Uh, we also have a call right now. We want to take more calls. 800-282-2882. Sean, line two in Milwaukee. Hey, Clay and Buck. Thank you guys for everything you do. Staying on top of it. Do a great job. Thanks so appreciate much. We appreciate it. What I want to talk about was uh, Congressman Jordan. It's one of the things he um, left out, I, I really appreciate. I'm a conservative, but I really appreciate his work. But one of the things that worries me is that I feel, I feel like the Republicans are playing into Democrats' plans by not addressing, um, in the same way that the Democrats did, these orders that are given out that are quite likely unconstitutional. What happens is the order's issued. Everyone has to follow it until it's been disproven or stayed in court. And the Democrats are banking on the fact that Republicans aren't going to seek an injunction from a judge to stall it like the Democrats did with Trump. Well, yeah, that's what I meant about the universal injunction. Sorry, Clay. No, I was just going to say it's a, it's a good point. The challenge is I think there are lots of attempts to get injunctions and hold these things in abeyance. The argument would be, and, and I'm laying it out there, that until January 4th gets here, there is an argument that until it's implemented, you can't necessarily challenge it, right? No I mean, that's an argument. Yes, yeah, no the standing yeah. doesn't exist because the rule doesn't go in force till January 4th. Now, the contradiction to that argument, as you just laid out, is many people are obligated to follow <coughs> this rule in advance of January 4th because come January 4th, when it's implemented, their employers are already going to be forced to have that policy in place. 
So it is, I mean, again, this is a legal hypothetical, the likes of which we have never seen because you have employee mandates. You have employees who don't want to comply. You have states not allowing the federal government, according to their own state law, to sort of come in and parachute and take over this entire issue. This is a complex legal proceeding that is difficult to foresee. And frankly, this goes to what Biden did. The reason why I use the eviction moratorium and the caller's right that the Democrats have basically done this before. The reason why I use the eviction moratorium as evidence is because Biden said this is probably unconstitutional, but I'm going to do it anyway because it'll give a bridge of four, right. six weeks or whatever it is until the courts strike it down. I think part of and thank you so much, Sean, a very astute, a very astute uh, comment. And thanks for calling in from from a Milwaukee area where I am. Uh, you know, Clay, part of the issue, though, will be that at least for the OSHA rule, again, I think it's unconstitutional. I want states yes. to fight this. I want everyone to fight this. Right. What they're going to say, though, I mean, when you're talking about the uh, CDC eviction moratorium, I mean, that's so far outside the scope of even what the CDC really does. Yes. You know, that that was it wasn't even so much a federal power issue as it was that, well, the CDC doesn't have this power like that's not constitutional. Right. I mean, the Department of Education can't order an invasion of North Korea. Right. I mean, there's some right at right. some level. So with this issue with OSHA, it's going to be OK. Well, the occupational you know, safety hazard stuff, that's what OSHA deals with. But does that mean they can go this far and do this at the federal level? So it's it's a similar issue. But I, I mean, I think they, they really they they lost on the eviction moratorium because it just didn't pass the laugh test. Right. And that yeah. was absurd beyond words. There's no doubt. But it is an interesting question. And this is always a big battle is where does administrative law jurisdiction begin and end? And effectively, that's the big picture question for the OSHA mandate. And then you toss in as well. By the way, you talk about legal proceedings. There can be a situation where a judge in Texas says, hey, this can't be enforced. And a judge in North Carolina says, hey, this can be enforced, which is why ultimately this has to reside at the Supreme Court doorstep. I mean, remember, we should all take a moment, folks, and, and think back to the universal injunctions. You know, they would they would have some judge in Hawaii or or a judge yes. from the Ninth Circuit uh, or, you know, same thing, who, who would come out and say, oh, no, the federal government under Trump, of course, can't do that thing because I say so or because of the Administrative Procedures Act. They would find some way. And it was the hashtag resistance judiciary at work. Yes. They actually used the powers they had as judges, as activists to slow down the Trump administration. Will we come back on the other side of this and, and actually see I think what is valid constitutional objection to this make its way through the courts. We'll see. But just one thing. I'm not near it right now, but I usually am. You see already the photos. We talked about it. De Blasio is the, the headline of the Daily Mail is de Blasio is letting New York City rot as garbage is piling up all over the place because you have almost 1500 sanitation workers on leave for failing to get vaccinated uh, or refusing to get vaccinated. And yeah, when cities get dangerous and smelly, I don't know, this is going to put some pressure. We may see a, an accommodation, an accommodation from New York City. Yeah, and I'll give you an example, by the way. Markets oftentimes have an influence. Uh, in Dallas, we had Mark Cuban, Dallas Mavericks, do away with the vaccine mandate because people weren't showing up. A little victory they just dance for away. Clay. He's not going to say it, but I will. A little victory uh, dance for the Clay man. And another one here in my home city of Nashville, the Nashville Predators, the hockey team, had been requiring vaccine or negative tests. They just did away with it. So 
some of these blue cities, even within red states, are starting to back up on their implementation of these policies. Is that going to spread as the difficulty grows? I think it's a really fascinating question, and uh, it's one we'll continue to explore. Up next, Buck, we have Tommy Tuberville from the great state of Alabama. You can talk to him about having gone to your first ever college football game. I, I can't wait to say roll tide to a, a senator from that state, which well, is Well, be careful. He's an Auburn guy. Oh, my He's God. Not this is like impossible. Favorably. This yes. reminds me of like tribal allegiances in the Middle East. Like you never know who you're going to upset depending on who you're sitting down with and talking to. You know, you're like, what's going on here? All right. Roll Tide slash go out, go Auburn, whatever they say. War Eagle. War, War Eagle. Eagle. There you go. We'll get into that. All that studying. actual politics coming up. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 